Roxo Media House. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 49. Today, the old gray wolf, Mike Reiner, is going to join us from his bunker in downtown Dallas. Big baseball fan. He's the one that started Globe Life Park as the temple. He named it that. But first, we're going to get into the big league team with a new manager, Tony Beasley. And uh, things have not gone bad since it's, since he's been there. Let's go over a stat real quick. Rangers are 57 and 67, 10 games under four, uh, 500, 6 and 4 in their last 10. That's Beasley. They've won the last game. Of course, they took, you know, they've won two out of the last three. Um, they are 22 and a half games back and, of course, 10 games out of the wild card, which I guess there's mathematically still a chance, but mm-hmm. this team's playing better. They are, and I, you know, I, I kind of wrote something about it the other day. Yes. Is it, is it because of Beasley or is it just coincidence? And uh, I don't know. It's probably a little, little, maybe a little bit of both. I think, I think when you fire a guy, uh, the players take notice that the front office is, is wants wants things moving in the right direction, and that that kind of invigorates them a little bit. I mean, it's also shocking too. But um, so, so maybe there's some of that, but. You know, they just they've just they've played well. Absolutely, they they didn't. You know, they they've made some mistakes. Uh, they survived one of them in in Minnesota, but they didn't survive the one uh, Tuesday night in Denver. Um, so I I don't know if they're noticeably better. They're just playing well right now. Yes, and so I mean, look, Perez yesterday had a great game. Another great game. Yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to you know, not give up three runs at Coors Field, and he gave up zero in six innings. Probably could have kept going, but they had guys who needed to pitch. At the time, it was nine to nothing. Sure. Um, anyway, his ERA is down to two six nine. He's the first Rangers pitcher. I'm assuming the only Rangers pitcher who's going to get to 10 wins unless – I think I think Brock Burke is up there, actually, so maybe he can get some relief W's the rest of the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the longer the Rangers wait – the more Perez's value is going to go up, I, and it, and you know if you if you want to look at this year as a fluke, that's fine. But you have to you have to take it for what it is. He's a better he's a better pitcher right now than he's ever been, and uh, with with Ray Davis stating that he wants two front end starting pitchers in the middle of their bat, middle of the order bat, as all thirty teams in baseball want, um, get the one you want. Yeah, you know, get the guy you have, sign him up. It's not a good market. If Martin hits free agency, his price is going to go way up. It's going to go that's, up. That's the, just that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and 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 look, the 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 thing is, you've got John Gray, who is a fronter of the rotation. Maybe not an ace, but he is a top two in the in a rotation when he's going Potentially, right. Yeah. Potentially going right with Perez. That's two, and then obviously, we everyone knows they're going to go out and try to sign one big name. They they've already said they're going to. They're probably not yeah. going to spend what they did last year. But getting Perez locked up, that that fortifies two pieces of that rotation you might even go get a couple of guys this offseason i mean look it, it never hurts to have so much depth at pitching that you don't have to worry about it right if something goes down but i'm you're you're stating it right martin perez's value is skyrocketing every time he goes out and goes six innings seven strikeouts and no runs yeah and uh to you know to your point about free agency and acquiring pitching if they want good guys, I don't yeah. like the very best guys or elite guys. I don't know that that pitcher's out there 
in free agency. I don't know that he's available in trades because the other teams have locked him up. But I think that if they're going to get a, a really good pitcher this offseason, at least if they get two, let's say, at least one of them is going to be via a trade. I just There just aren't enough good arms out there uh, in free agency to um, warrant the expense that it would cost. And if you have a surplus of, of prospects, which this system now does, you know, so many middle infielders at the upper levels that you don't know what to do with them, um, they can get you some, they can get you some help. And so I think that's the route that, that they're going to end up taking for at least, at least one pitcher. Adolis Garcia. I mean, what can you say? I mean, look, yeah. look, this is a guy that, that bloomed late uh, last year. Um, didn't, didn't do well the second half of last year after right. he made the all-star team. He's been solid. I mean, what's twenty? Is he at 21? 21 game hitting streak, uh, 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. He was the he was the first player in the majors to reach 2020. Right. All right. Uh, I know that stolen base is a lost art form, but um, that's pretty. That's still pretty impressive. When you and you know Mike Trout's been hurt, he probably would have been there by now. Sure. Um, you would you know Otani he runs like a deer. You'd think that he could get 20 bags, but he's kind of having a down year offensively. Right. Uh, Julio Rodriguez ended up doing it. I think yesterday. So that's the kind of. Simeon's close. That's, Does he just yeah, need a stolen he, he base? Needs a stolen base. That's the kind of that's the class of player you're talking about here. The the kind of all around talent that Garcia has. He's walked a little bit more. Uh, he's struck out a little less. He'll he'll improve upon that from last year. But yeah, after the All Star break, he's been really really good. And of course, 21 game hitting streak helps. But the Rangers needed to see him improve. They really did. And and he's not going to hit 31 homers like he did last year. But he's a better. He's a better all-around hitter right now. And, and you know, you throw in Nate Lowe, another player the Rangers needed oh to gosh. see uh, improve. And he's, you know, he's flirting with a 300 average. He's, he hit 20. He hit his 20th homer, you know, which is a career high, right? Career high. Every time he hits a homer, it's a, it's a career high. Um, so th- those are two. That, that's that's the important thing is we lose track of things, you know, with the firings and, and everything this offseason. The Rangers still needed to see guys develop. Right. Guys that were on the team last year, and right. Garcia and Lowe are at the top of the list, and I think they, I think they have developed. I mean, you can't complain too bad with the way mm-hmm. that look. Th- this team's out of it this year. I, I know I make the little joke about ten games back of the wild card, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. There's too many teams in front of them. But so to keep playing the way they're playing and see, I, and I, I'm really impressed with Lowe. I know defensively there's still some some questions there going into it, but everyone kind of thought a first baseman might be someone they're looking at this offseason to maybe improve there, and they still might, but if that's the case, they're, then they're rolling low in some sort of deal uh, to get something. But I tell you what, he's he's securing that job. Yeah, and, you know, the the defense is, is, isn't good, and, and he works on it every day, but if you look at the defensive stats, sure. defensive metrics, metrics, excuse me, they're – an eyesore. Yeah. And um, he he needs to be better. Now, next year, you know, they, they, you know they're they trying all these minor leaguers at first base, sure. inclu- including Josh Young. Right. I'm not saying they move him to first base full time. Right. But there could be instances where <clears throat> Josh Young plays first and Nate Lowe is, is the DH. Could happen with Mitch Garver, absolutely. too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because you, know, you now have basically two full-time catchers. Right. You know, Garver and Heim. And uh, you still have Sam Huff, and you know he he can play first base too. So there are there are options there. Um, but you know when you look at this team, what did, you know the Rangers wanted to improve the fundamentals. That's what they said last week during all the the, the firings. Right. And 
you know, that's def- a big the, fundamental. The, the, in, the infield defense has not been good. And, and, you know, Simeon won a gold glove last year, but there've been times where he, where he hasn't been as sure handed as you'd like. Seager. And, uh, Seager is 16 errors, second most by a shortstop in the majors, uh, low, we just addressed and right. You know, third, third base has been okay, actually. But I mean, you know, you're used to having Adrian Beltre there. <laughs> yeah. So we got it, spoiled there a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I don't know it's been four years, but still, um, that that can probably be better too. I mean, the outfield defense is very very good when you have when you have an outfield of Garcia, Tavares, and Bubba Thompson. Yeah. Balls aren't going to fall in. No, the, they're not. The, the catchers are very good. You know, Heim hasn't thrown well this year, but he's like tops in, in pitch framing, and shoot that you know Valoria, he's throwing guys out left and right. Yes. So, uh, and and you know Garver Garver's knock, I guess, was was his defense, and we didn't get to see a lot of it this year because of the injury. But, right. Um, you know. Infield and, and pitchers fielding needs to be better. Yeah, and you know there is conceivably a way with the way this roster, depending on what they do, they could carry three catchers. In the fact that two of their catchers that they have that are at the top, first of all, you got Garver, but you've also got Huff, could both play some first base to rotate that in, where they're not just guys that. Why do you have three dadgum catchers there? Yeah. It makes it easier to use a DH and a, and and. And with one of your catchers, you can DH with, especially on the right-handed side, and keep low, maybe off yeah. first base every once in a while to improve those numbers. Not that I know if Huff is that good or McGarver is that good of a defensive right. first baseman, but it's conceivable they could do that depending on what they do in the offseason. They might carry three catchers or three guys that can catch. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen often, but um, if you have if you're if you have three guys who can hit major league pitching and they're all catchers, and you're yeah. and you're better. You'll you'll find a place for them. Sure, and um, you know, I, and I there's don't, I, a bats for them. And I don't I don't know, you know, it it's it's a tough spot if you're if you're Sam Huff, you're in a tough spot because sure. you're right on the cusp. You have this prodigious power, this elite power that that a lot of people don't have, but you don't get a chance to apply it in the major leagues because um, Jonah Heim is is playing so well, and then uh, you know Mitch Garver's gonna is gonna be there, uh, you know. Chris Young said that they are already counting on Mitch Garver for for 2023. I thought right. I thought honestly he might be a non-tender candidate if you wanted to save some money and go younger with Huff or shoot, you know, Valoria, Valoria even. But um, it's it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be something that I'm sure will come up. You know, how many do how does our roster work if we have three catchers but two of them can can play first base? And look, and, and and that's a that's something I've brought up that that might be something that could happen. I, we still don't. This offseason is going to be intriguing to say the least. There's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, managers got to get hired, um, or they're going to uh, make Beasley the, well, sure. the full time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think uh, did you you kind of alluded to that maybe they don't do a lot with the, the coaching staff depending on who it is. I mean, yeah. I mean these they've gotten some good play out of these players. I just don't think they have the talent. Right, there's that's some of it. Sure, I mean, you know, they, you do need to be able to catch the ball. Sure, I mean that's that's important. You have to if a ball's hit at you, you got to make the play. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't you don't necessarily have to go make the outstanding, unbelievable play, right? Right. But if it's hit at you, you gotta you gotta make the play. Sure. And and, and you know, my, Michael Young won a Gold Glove in 2008 because when the ball was hit to him at shortstop, and then you know, people can say if they want about Michael Young's defense. He caught the dang ball and got the out, and that's if he could get his glove to it. He that's, made, that's, Adrian Beltre did the same thing. I mean, Adrian Beltre made outstanding right. plays. He made the terrific plays. That's why he won platinum gloves. Yeah, but you know, just 
just being reliable. If it's hit to you, you do your job. And yeah. managers will take that every day of the week. Well, and, and you're right about third base being – we kind of got spoiled there. Adrian Beltre has been gone four years. We also had another Gold Glover at third base after Adrian, who's now with the Yankees. But, I yeah. mean, so the play at third base has been good. And the, the two guys playing there, Duran and Smith, that are playing there right now, have been good defensively. Yeah, they've been, they've been solid. Yeah. Sure. And sure. so, that you know, that, that position, whether <clears throat> it's going to be Young that gets up here and takes that position over or either one of those two, now Smith's back in the minor leagues right now, mm-hmm. and I think that's just to get every day at bats. I mean, there just wasn't yeah. enough at bats yeah. here on the big league level. And so, I mean, look, there's a lot of guys on this big league team right now. Do you think that you think that Miller's coming back? Um, I don't know. I mean, he, he can do a lot. Um, he is a veteran. He's having a bad year. Um, I don't know. I Injury. Mean, they, yeah, kinda... I mean, they, they, they can non-tender him or, you know, just release him. I, I don't know if they can non-tender Calhoun's him. not coming back. No, but, um, I mean, Brad Miller's a great guy. He's somebody you want around from, from that perspective. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it, it's and it's, it's been a disappointing year for him. I'm sure um, he hasn't had the, the steady at-bats that maybe he thought he was going to get. Right. You know, the, the problem is he can play a lot of defensive positions. He just can't play a lot of them real well. You exactly. Know? So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, if, if they can't sign a left fielder, let's say, you know, if, if you're middle of the order bat and your mind is a left fielder and you can't sign him, they can figure out left field. Sure. Yeah. And find and find it somewhere else. And, uh, look, Ranger fans, you might as well get over it. There is going to be either a Miller, Culberson, or someone like that on every team. There's a guy yeah. at the end of your bench who you're not worried about getting playing time right. who can step in late in the game. Do you want to waste that on someone like a Bubba Thompson if he's not going to get at bats at the big league level? Sure. Um, you know, or do you want a guy that can do that? And on a good team, those guys are there. They're at the end of your bench. They're not going to have flashy numbers, but they come in and fill a role. Yeah. And, you you know, so that, that someone like that's going to be on this team. Well, and, you know, Bubba – Bubba Thompson does a lot of good when he's in a game. <laughs> he does. He, he, you know, he's not. I, I just use that as an example. I mean, right now yeah. he's earning a spot. He's not going to be. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be an all star. Right. Know? But with what he can do with his feet and and the defense, I mean, it's pretty handy guy to have around. And um, yeah, the the power will come. I mean, it, it, he's got to you know get used to the pitching and and learn his swing against this pitching. But um, the, you know, there there will be power eventually. Sure. I just. Um, well, he has one home run. It got get taken away. Yeah. Uh, thanks to a Houston Astro cheating fan. Is that what we're doing now? So, well, uh, like like players like fans, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably an out at every other ballpark, and may, except maybe Fenway. Yeah. But um, it'd be off the wall there for yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, he can hit it further than that. We I've I've seen it happen. I have <laughs> too. I have too. All right, guys. Well, listen. We got Mike Reiner is going to be joining us right now uh, from Dallas. Then we'll go down in the bus leagues. We've got some minor leaguers to talk about. One in particular who, I don't know, maybe he's going to, maybe we're going to see him this weekend. Maybe. But right now, let's go to Mike Reiner. He'll be joining us in just a second after this. So what will I do? I don't know. Maybe something, maybe nothing. We'll see. If something materializes that seems like it's going to be fun, then as a great man said, we'll deal with that. So until we meet again, you guys stay hard. Keep jamming. And we'll see you. 
All right, and joining us right now from Dallas, Texas, in his bunker, you know him as the old gray wolf, obviously. It's Mike Reiner who started the ticket as a big P1. This is a big get for me. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Oh, just ready to do a little podcasting with you boys. Well, we appreciate you, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I told, I, you know, we, we've this is our 49th episode, and I've told my wife, you know, hey, this week we have uh, Josh Young or Nate Lowe or Chris Woodward, John Daniels, Tony Beasley. I told her today, Mike Reiner, she almost wet herself, man. She was excited. She 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 started squealing. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe that. Ah. So maybe she's actually going to watch it, huh? Shout out to Lady Jeff. <laughs> That's right. She's so so. Uh, thank you. Yeah, she, you you've 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 made uh, my day a lot easier. I think so. But hopefully, hopefully, she'll actually watch one of these. She she doesn't care about baseball. <laughs> Time for her to watch. Um, yes. I'm to help you boys out any way I can. Well, we appreciate it. If that means making things a little smoother with you and your wife, then I'm more than happy to do that. Hey, I mean, maybe you found a post-radio gig, man. You, He's you, got his you, podcast if, going. Right. If you, need a, if you need a side job or something, you can do, do marriage counseling or something. Just show up. I, I got enough side jobs, and believe me, I would <laughs> be the last one to offer sound advice on that. All right. Uh, so, how's retirement, my man? It is great. I was really leery about it at first, because I just didn't know how I would take to it. But I'm taking to it just fine. And you can count me as a very, very happy retiree. Well, good for you. Uh, I, but, but like petty theft keeps you busy, right? Yeah. Petty theft keeps me busy. The podcast keeps me busy. And I'm, I haven't been able to, nor have I really tried, to completely uh, separate myself from the sports scene. I may not watch it as closely as I once did, but I yeah. do still watch it. All right. So how much, how much Rangers baseball are you watching? I've watched a good bit this year. All right, I've watched a, a a good bit. I've watched my fair share, and I can tell you a little bit about what's gone right and what's gone wrong with the thing. Well, that was my next question. What what? Give me your evaluation of the 2022 Texas Rangers. Well, as I've told people many many times before, what we all have to keep in mind, and what. Judging from the uh, situation of a couple of weeks ago, they seem to have lost sight of is this is a rebuild and rebuilds take time. Rebuilds are not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they are necessarily at the uh, beginning stages of the rebuild any longer, but it's still a rebuild. They're, they're still needing to find guys. They're still needing to, to uh, get cohesion, to come up with cohesion and find guys whose whose games fit together, and then once they do that, they got to learn how to win. Right. They got to learn how to win, and when they do that, they'll be ready to compete again. But that's that's a lot of stuff, man. That is <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff, and it's going to take time. The, the learning to win thing is legitimate, and you know Chris Woodward uh, had s- said that since spring training. We this is the year we learn how to win. And you know, the the one run record he was, they were six and twenty four when he was when he was fired. Um, I mean that's part of it. You know, you, you this team that had no no margin for error can't make mistakes. You, you can't be kicking balls left and right. 
but it's a real thing. Learning how to win is a real thing. And bringing in a ton of guys, you know, probably isn't, doesn't necessarily ensure that's going to happen. So I, I, I guess my question to you is who, who do you like? Where, where, which players do you like that you think are long-term pieces? Uh, well, I think Nate Lowe is a long-term piece. I was not too sure about him at first. And really, there were a lot of guys at the start of the season that I just didn't know a whole lot about, but I've been very impressed with Nate Lowe. He's a pretty big-time hitter. Yeah, uh, no, he... I, I think Brock Burke is a, long, a long-term piece. I think he is the best pitcher on this team, starter or bullpen, whatever, right now. I think he is a long-term piece. I think, I'm not sure about this yet, but I think Josh Smith could be. He needs to hit a little bit better. They need to figure out exactly what he is and where they're going to play him. But he's definitely got some skills that I like. Um, in the near term, Adolis certainly fits. He's yeah. just a marvelous athlete all the way around. He could wow. use a little bit more plate discipline. But I think there's a path out there for him to be a long-term piece. Um, those are just a few. I, I could probably come up with more if I sure. thought about it, but I, I don't want to hog this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you I think you hit the big ones, you know, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, Josh Young, if he's called up or not. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think. I'd be interested in your take on that. I mean, you see him every day. You're out there with him every day. Yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, no, you know, the we talked about this uh before he came on, but the Rangers needed to see Nate Lowe and Adolis Garcia improve this year. You know, the, it, the the development and the rebuilding that they talk about, it wasn't just the minor league guys, it was guys who debuted last year and, you know, Adolis Garcia had a overall good rookie year, but his second half w- w- was not good. Nate Lowe uh, didn't hit for a lot of power last year. Uh they needed to see them be better players and are better hitters at least. And they are, I mean, we talked about Nate Lowe's defense. It's not great, but those, those are two significant developments for this team. And you mentioned, sure. you mentioned Brock Burke, who was on our, who's been on our show before. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to make him a starting pitcher. I, I think he's, I don't think he wants to be a starting pitcher. I think, I think he'd consider it, but I think where he is, is just fine. And uh, you know, with the way baseball trends with, with starters going shorter, you need guys who can pitch multiple innings and, I mean, he's 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 been one of the best relievers. Mike's in right; baseball. he's been there, lights out all year. There, there's I mean, no other way to say it. You and, can't argue uh, with it. So yeah, so I, I I I personally I like Ezekiel Duran better than Josh Smith. Um, but when Josh Smith's right, you know, he, he has to hit for power though. That's that's got to be his thing. He can't come up here and just see, single him to death. He's got to be able to drive the ball and hit it out, and that's something he wasn't able to do. So I still um, would like to see them try Brock Burke as a starter, just to just to see. Sure. You may be right, though. But the way the game is now, the way these games are run, the way these games are managed, you've got to have serious, serious bullpen depth. Yeah, well, and, and, and he's in great have shape. Numbers, and you've got to have quality out there. Yeah, and you know he's just one guy, but he certainly provides quality. And the best place for him may yet be out there. But just for just just for the heck of it, I'd like to see him give him a shot as a starter. Sure, sure, I, and they might. I mean, you know, spring training. Off season, build him up. He, he, I think, what is it, John? He needs to work on his slider. Is that, that yeah? He's he's the fastball is great in short samples, but if you get him through the lineup more than once, he's got to have something else. And so I think that's what they want him to work on. So yeah, 
I don't know. You, you might be onto something. Uh, it definitely keeps coming <laughs> up. Uh, all right. So based on everything we've talked about and, and you mentioned the, you started to mention the firings. Do you, do you hang blame on, on Chris Woodward and John Daniels for this? I mean, cause this, this is John Daniels plan. This rebuild is John Daniels plan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You there? Hey, I'm sorry, there? I got a little wonky there for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. The, the uh, did you hear the wonky. question? Um, I heard him say this is John Daniels' plan. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you blame Chris Woodward and, and John Daniels? Did they deserve what, what they got? I don't think so. I thought that was a very, very knee-jerk move by whoever it is that makes those decisions. We know so little about the ownership of this thing. Right. Yeah, they've been like, silent. I, I've always called them the ghostly trio because <laughs> you just don't you don't see them, you don't hear from them. They're rumored to be there, but you know if you know what they look like, then then you might know them when you see them. But most people don't. Yeah. And no. that's just a a horrible horrible state for any sports franchise. The owner needs to be front and center. He needs to be visible when things go wrong. And I'll give Ray Davis this much credit. He, he did what he needed to do. And that's get out there in front of everybody and say, hey, sure. In the, in the, at the end of the day, this is on me. And sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. That's the first right thing that he's done that I see since he's owned this, this thing. Well, but no, have, I, I don't think those guys got a very fair shake. Yeah. I think they 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 got the ship into the water, but once it started to take on take a few blows on the side, they were cast overboard. That ain't right, man. <laughs> I I agree. We both agreed on that. Yeah. I mean, look, we weren't here defending Chris Woodward or JD, but we were saying right now in what they're doing now, you can't hold Woodward accountable since he hasn't had a playoff team. It's hard to say he's the reason they're losing all the games. That was just my opinion. I don't know if he's a playoff manager. I have no clue if he is, but yeah. he doesn't have a playoff team to do that with. But they made the move. We're moving forward. And you know what? You can't sit here and dwell on it. You got to go. No, what, what you said, Mike, about these guys being invisible is, is absolutely right. I mean, if you look if you look at the owners of the three other major teams in our area, you know who their owners are. They're they're visible. These guys have never been visible, uh, and and it, it's curious. Um, Ray Davis and and Bob Simpson both have field level suites at the at the new ballpark, but they are on the complete other side, uh, completely apart from each other. <laughs> Bob Bob is on the, the the third base side, Ray is on the on the first base side, and and Neil sits with Ray. So you know, I I don't know how much they get along. Honestly, I mean, you never saw him, you never really see him sit sitting together. Uh, Bob's definitely taking a back seat. You know, when when Nolan was the the Nolan decision, it was Ray and Bob at at the at the table uh, talking about the decision and what had transpired. But you're right. I mean ownership is is the they are the very top of the heap i'll tell you this last time john daniels got an extension he had to announce it because <laughs> ray davis wouldn't wouldn't do it and that's just not right the the boss needs to be there and that's just flat out weird it is yeah, it's it totally not right it's just flat out weird sure exactly now, i've heard and you can probably address this better than i because this is just what people tell me but 
some of these people are in pretty good position to know. I've heard that Simpson is not terribly involved at all anymore. I mean, yeah. to the point of divesting himself of, of most of his, his interest in the team. I don't know where he divested it to or who's got it now. Maybe Davis took it off his hands. I don't know, but I hear he's not in, that he's just um, marginally involved, if that. Well, and, and um, you know, he, he went through a pretty drawn out, messy divorce. And there, there was there were rumors. You know, is he going to have to sell part of his ownership stake in the settlement? Uh, you know, and and I guess you never know how rich these guys are, depending <laughs> on how they hide their investments and their money. But I mean, that's a possibility. But Ray Davis has slowly but surely through the years been buying out the the original ownership group. So he, you know, whereas when the sale went down, it was a it was close to an even split on who owned what. But now Ray Davis has a significantly larger share and the largest share. And then I think that's. Well, and, and I'll say this, I've only been, been credentialed and covering the team for four years. Mm. I've only ever seen Neil or Ray stand down there by the dugout yeah. every once in a while when we're out there for batting practice or whatever. I've never seen Bob. Yeah. Not in the four years that I've done it. Well, he's in, you know, he's a, he's a wildcatter oil man at, at heart. And I know that he, he's been buying up a lot of, a lot of properties in West Texas. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, I, he, he is, he is noticeably withdrawn from the proceedings from what I can tell. So I, th- I think, I think your sources have served you well there. Yeah. Now, yeah. Neil, I, I wouldn't know him if I saw <laughs> period. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen as much as a picture of him. Sure. But I don't have a media guide for this year either. So, <laughs> well, you know, see if John Blake can send you one finally. Though. Let's see. <laughs> so, so as this, as this ship moves forward, Mike, what, what would you like to see? this team do this off season? Well, there's always the age of when are they going to spend some money and get some pitching in here? Yeah. There's always that. Right. It hangs over this team's head like an albatross. <laughs> I, you know, I, they're good, but not great at several positions on the field. There are several that I think if they get a chance to retrench and get better at, then they ought to take advantage of that. But the main thing, I think the main thing for them is some way, somehow continue the development of the young guys, the Ezekiel Durans that you mentioned a minute ago and guys Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, there are a lot of people who could have told you, who that guy was, you know, Glenn Otto's another continue his development. Yeah. I think some of these guys have a chance to turn into pretty good players. Duran is one. I didn't like Otto too much at first, but I'm coming around on him now. <laughs> He's had some reasonably nice outings yeah. as of late, but the young players on this team need to continue to be developed. Now, I don't know if that means going down there to spring training, just working their ass off or, whether you just run them out there that way that you do and just let them play, let them get experience, let them get at bats, let them get innings, let them get game time and work with them around those things. Get them in there in the video room and say, look what you did here. Mm -hmm. It's really good. You need to do more of that, you know, that type of thing. Or tell them what they did wrong, whichever the case may be. (laughs) Chew a little ass. Just a constant ongoing process. And I don't know if there's really too much that, that, 
they're going to be able to do that's going to, you know, produce any kind of difference making results overnight. And if that's your case, I guess what I'm saying is if you don't think you can contend next year and right now, I don't know about you boys, but I don't see any way that's, that's happening. No, I agree with if that. you don't think you can then continue along the developmental path, you know, play these guys, run them out there, see if they can learn how to win, see if they can learn how to win together. Like I was saying a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And I think if they can do that, then that will speed things up quite a bit. Well, uh, you know, I, I think confidence, you know, these guys can be super talented and come up from the minor leagues and then immediately start looking over their shoulder. I think that you, one, one thing that's it's worked in the past, you just come up and you say, you're the starting center fielder. Yep. Like in Leody Tavares' case, they did it with, Who's they did lost it, him. Yeah. they did it with Nelson Cruz. And when he came up in, at the end of 2008 and look what happened to him. Those guys stopped working over, looking over their shoulders, and they're relaxed. When you're relaxed, you're confident. You know, you have a job the next day. You're in the lineup. And you go out and you hit and 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 play and play like you played all through the minor leagues. So there's a lot to that. I, I agree with you. I don't think I, I know. They keep saying 2023, we're going to contend. They're going to have to spend a lot of money. And very, some of these very kids are- very loose loose contention. I just don't I just don't see it until 2024, honestly, because. You know, the farm system didn't develop enough, I don't think, this year. And if, you know, Ray Davis said he's not going to spend as much money as he did last year, well, all right, then you're going to you're gonna go with what you got. Yep. You know, you might get one piece or two, but you're not, you're not going to become I, I think that's an excellent point you made about how these guys have to, you know, they're young guys and everything. A lot of them are new to this great land of ours. And that's a very, very shaky proposition for some of those guys. And they're sure. always, some of them are having to look over their shoulder, and that's very uncomfortable. For them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think that if you, if you you can find some that you see something in that makes you believe in them and you have enough confidence in them to run them out there every day, no matter what, sooner or later, they'll get the message that, hey, I'm all right here. I'm a part of yeah. this team. I'm going to be a part of this team. Yeah. So let me just go out there and play. I made a couple of mistakes today and they pointed them out to me, but it was no big deal. I'm going to be in the lineup the next day. And that is how you, that, that's how you start to develop chemistry and start to develop confidence in these guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. agree. Uh, all right. I know John's got some, some questions for you. So, John, take Yeah, I, I'm geeking out with the, you know, I'm, I, look, I, I, I was a day one P1. I mean, I, I, I was a, I'm a big ticket fan. And Mike is actually, Mike grew up. And went to high school where my dad went to high school. Is that they, right? They were both Kimball graduates. Now, were you were you born and raised in Oak Cliff, or did you just get there later, or, or what's the deal there? No, no, I was born and raised there. <laughs> when I got brought home from the hospital for the very first time, it was over in Cedar Crest. All right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Cedar Crest. I've played that golf course many times. And I know that neighborhood. My dad played. In fact, my dad was playing Cedar Crest golf course. He was a senior in high school when President Kennedy was shot. Oh my gosh! And a police officer came up and told them, "Hey, the president just got." They had all gotten out of school to go see the president. Well, him and his buddies went and played golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the the day. This is kind of bad, but the day of nine eleven, I yeah. was in Colorado and I played. I played golf, and we were at the. It, it had all kind of started to happen and we were there in the pro shop and one of the towers fell and we we're like, well, should we go home? And the guy was like, well, nothing we can do about it. So we went out and played golf. Got another nine in. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, that's yeah, I know that that was a wild day altogether. Now, let me ask you this: so you're you're a huge sports fan. Did you play any? I know you were into music. Played a lot of music. You've been in bands. Did you play any sports growing up? I was never any good. I'm not. Uh, I'm just not. A, I don't have the athletic gene coming from anywhere. I played them all, but I had. Um, there were limited things in each one that I could do, and that I was good at. I was always good at throwing. I was always good catching. Being able to hit a baseball, I couldn't do that to save my ass. <laughs> and when I was in junior high, I weighed about, I don't know, 112 pounds or so. So that eliminated football for me. All right. So, yeah. no, my, my, my athletic feats are very, very limited. Well, let me ask you this, because, I mean, look, you, you, you had strong opinions all in your ticket days. You were, you were a big sports fan all around. But for me, as an outsider, you seemed to be gravitated. It seemed like baseball was your biggest love, and you loved baseball. Is that true? Uh, well, we lost a feet a little bit. Did you, are you talking to me about baseball? Baseball was my favorite. Yeah, let me, yeah. let me say that again. When as an outsider listening to the ticket, you I mean you you had your opinion on every sport that was playing in there, but as someone listening, you seem to gravitate towards baseball as kind of your first and your biggest love. Was that true? Was baseball your biggest love? There's no doubt. Yes, still is. It's the first sport that I really got into, although I was into all of them. Once I got into baseball, I got into the other two. But baseball came first for me. It's the one that I know the most about. It's the one that I've always been uh, most captivated by it's the one that i've always tried to learn the most about and it's i don't know i guess the best way to put it is to say that it's just the one that i've been most drawn to but i love them all so but like who are your favorite players growing up who who did who who grabbed your attention um roberto clemente is probably my favorite player of all time because back then we had limited baseball on TV. Right. Came on on the weekends. There was the CBS game of the week, and NBC also carried a game up against it. And it, you, one of the games usually featured whoever the Yankees were playing. <laughs> but yeah. the Pittsburgh Pirates were on TV an inordinate amount of the time back then. Well, and I saw Roberto Clemente play quite a, quite a bit. And I don't think I ever saw a game that that I did not act in some way. Yeah. I sure. mean, I would, watch, I would watch a game and I would, at the end of it, say, okay, why did that game turn out the way it did? What mattered in that game? If Roberto Clemente was out there, he mattered. He oh. did something that mattered. Got a hit, made to play in the football because he had an um, incredible arm. He, right. he just made it matter in some way. And he did the, the whole thing looking like he was really in pain the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let me ask you this. So the Rangers come to town. You're already, you're out of high school. You're a young, young guy then, probably in college. Were you immediately a Ranger fan? Oh, yeah. It was a great day when we finally had Major League Baseball here. You know, I, I wished kind of that we would have had an expansion team, but, and, you know, could have started like from the ground up, like the Cowboys did, like the Mavericks did. That's, you know, 
Sure. That I think that's the ideal way for any any locality to absorb a sport or a team is to you know grow with it from the ground up. But that's not the way it rolled for baseball here. So okay, we have baseball here. I'm definitely on board. And Ted Williams is manager. I love him too. <laughs> so so I'm a, I'm uh, Jeff didn't get here till after after the uh, Temple was born, and that's my next question about the Temple. I've been going to games since '74. I was seven years old. So I'm I lived through all the the old horrible days uh, of Ranger baseball. But to me, it was like a cathedral. What what was the, what was behind naming it the Temple? Just because we finally had a real stadium. I mean, I started calling it that after you did. You named Globe Life Park the Temple, and it stuck. What was it? It was because you had been in those horrible press boxes at the old stadium, or what was it? Back then, as it was going up, you know, I don't know if they did this for the new place. I don't think they did, but I don't know. Jeff could probably address that better than me. But they offered us media availabilities mm-hmm. where they would get architects and engineers. And if you wanted to, you could go over there and they'd take you down on the field and tell you what they were doing and tell you how it was going to be. And I was really intrigued by that. But something inside of me said, uh-uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go into that place until it's time for you to watch actual baseball. And that is what I did. For once, I... I listened to to I uh, listened to my heart, as it were, and it told me what to do. And I didn't go in there until it was time to watch actual baseball. And I, the the first time I went in there, I was with Junior Miller and a couple of the other guys from the ticket, and we were walking to wherever it was we were supposed to go, the press box or you know wherever they had us. And I was lagging behind everybody else because I was just. I, I was just like this, like, <laughs> can't believe this. Yeah. And they kept having to say, hey, come on, come on, <laughs> lagging behind. And we got up to the press box and said, you know, you look like a five-year-old <laughs> when you were walking up here looking at all that stuff. That's pretty good. And no, I- from that, um, somewhere along the line, we were talking about it and Somebody mentioned the ballpark, and I said, man, this is no ballpark. This is a temple. This is a hallowed shrine to the great game of baseball. <laughs> and I just started calling it that, and somehow it got out there into gen pop. There you go. Uh, to answer your question, they, they did offer uh, tours or media availabilities. We couldn't do it whenever we wanted, whenever they had something to announce. Yeah. I, I probably went in that place, the new place, 10, 10, 12 times before, before it opened yeah, I went in a couple. for baseball. Um, but it was interesting in, in 90, when it was being built was the beginning, kind of the beginning of the star telegram morning news, newspaper war over the mid cities. And, and, uh, like both papers had global life park or ballpark in Arlington beat writers. That was their job for a year and a half was to, was to cover the construction of, of the ballpark. And of course, you know, yeah, very big. Very oh, it was big. huge for us that had been going for years and years to see. I remember going in. I went to opening day. When I walked in, Mike, I was just like you. I mean, I was 24, 25 at the time. I was like, holy jeez, this is fantastic. Because I had sat in those bleachers out in the outfield. I mean, hey, look, it was cheaper. I used to go with a $10 bill, and I'd have a beer, two beers, a seat, and I could leave in the seventh inning, and I still have two bucks in my pocket. Wow. 
I mean, that's how cheap it used to be <laughs> sitting out there. Um, now, oh, it was great. Now, do you have a name for Globe Life Field yet, or is that you just haven't got the feel for it? No, I don't have a feel for it yet. That's probably going to fall to somebody else. <laughs> I'm not in the game anymore, so I can't force whatever I want the name to be off on the rest of the masses. So that's probably going to fall to somebody else. How do you, how do you like it? Well, you know, when you look at the entire spectrum of it and the entire picture, it exists for one reason and one reason only. And that is to make right the one thing that they didn't do at the temple. Yeah. Yeah. And that is put a roof on it. Yep. You know, yeah. They were very smart to do it when they did. Because the stomach for the fight to sit out there for three and a half hour baseball games when it's 104 degrees at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't have the fight for that. Right. So... Yep. Given those two things, if it has to be, and apparently it does, it has to be, I think they did a damn good job of it. I like the place. Yeah. And, it, you know, the, the the way this team's playing now and the way season's unfolded, they've had, they've had crowd, they've had sellout crowds or crowds 30 plus that they just wouldn't have had at the old place if there wasn't a roof on it. If people were going to come in and sweat, oh, geez. People, people, people will come and watch a team as long as they don't have to sweat. Oh God, I, I I've been going since yeah, I've been going since '74, and I'm telling you right now, people don't understand. Sunday was a no go. I had kids at the time that were small. There's no way I was going in the yeah. Sunday afternoon game during the middle of the summer. It was just too damn hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it it's just murderous, <laughs> and you know, global warming's taking effect. The ground and the earth and the planet is getting hotter and hotter. And people just don't have the stomach for the fight for it anymore. I yeah. don't blame them. I don't. I don't know if I do either. But yeah. now, you don't have to worry about it. Well, and 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 one other thing about the this place, it is a. It's. I mean, they they had they had they had two concerts this week, right? They had yeah, they had like Def Leppard and Poison, and then the next night they had Lady Gaga. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not a baseball park. I mean, I, I it is in my mind, but it is a three hundred sixty five day a year. Show me how much money you want to give me for this to use our place, and that, that's that's what it is. Yeah, they're taking some of Jerry's. Yeah, money. they are they're taking they are. some of Jerry's money over there. No, I've got no problem with that. I've got no <laughs> problem with them having concerts or whatever in there. Sure, yeah. it's a place where the Rangers play. That doesn't mean that it has to be all that goes on there. Sure, it is okay. kind of weird though with the temple still standing in the background. <laughs> You know, I went and watched some playoff football there last couple of years. It is strange. It's cooler because it's in the fall when you're doing it and it's playoff football, but it is really weird sitting in what used to be left field and you're up in the stands. You know, yeah. that's just it, – it is kind of strange. All right. All right, so listen, we're going to let you get out of here. I wanted to ask you a question that we've asked every guest. Look, we know a lot about Mike Reiner. We know that you started the ticket – we know that you, you that you named the temple. We know a, you. We know that Stevie Ray Vaughan used to go to dinner with you uh, back before that tragedy happened. We know a lot of fun things. But we ask everyone, our guests, what is one thing nobody knows about you? We've had some great answers that you may, may not know. John Daniels has lucky underwear he wears on airplanes. Um, I don't know, he, he, he takes two pair of underwear with him that he wears on the plane and on back, and he said it's been good luck. Look what's happened so far. You should have worn them last week. 
Uh, Brock Burke, we're the ones that found out. I don't know if you know about Brock Burke and his sleepwalking. Uh, that's uh, that's a big deal. He sleepwalks bad. And, and yeah, I heard about that last week. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he, he freaks out. You ought to talk to some of his minor league roommates. They say he's weird. What is something that nobody knows about Mike Reiner? Hmm. Okay, I'll dig into the to the John Daniels toy chest here. Okay, and I'll tell you that I have an underwear rotation. <laughs> nice, and it's the same ones. Like you got seven pair, and that's the seven pair that go every week. No, no, I've I've, I've got um, more than seven pair, but I have an underwear rotation. There are certain pairs that are only. Well, I mean, every pair is only worn on a certain day. Sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like so what, what, got, what, what day is today? I, I, I've got about four or five um, pair of Thursday underwear, and i got okay. one of them on right now. All right. <laughs> that okay. is interesting. Well, listen, Mike, look, I, this, has been, this has been great. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how much it meant for me to have you stop down and do this for us. We love the Dark Companion, guys. If you haven't seen that, it's over on Vocally. What is that actually? You're just you just you just talk a bunch of different. You've had different guests and different venues. It's been pretty neat. Yeah, it's just essentially a bull session. I get people that I find interesting or people that know something about that I want to find out more about. Get them in there and talk to them. Nice. It's cool. It's very cool. Like one thing I've always um, been a that's always been a real pet peeve of mine in sports is franchise relocation. (laughs) And here's the fun reindeer game for you boys. Name an American city that has not had a team either move to it or from it. One of the big cities hockey in this. Okay. And also include the ABA. Yeah. And you can't find many. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, just off the top of my head, I was—I'm from Denver, so I was thinking Denver. And then when you said hockey, I was like, "Well, that, that doesn't count." Yeah, yeah. Den- Denver comes close because yeah. all three of theirs are original, but the hockey team is not. Right. But right, and they had—they had an original hockey team. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the Colorado they, Rockies. They come really close. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But I'm, um, I'm gonna have to think about that one. I would think St. Louis, but then the Rams moved away. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I had. Um, I had the last guy from Minnesota who's still with the stars on the podcast yesterday. Okay. And I started talking to him about just what it's like for people in the front office, people on the staff, all that, when they find out that the team is moving and what happens to them. Some of them get to go. Some of them don't. What happens to the ones that don't? What are things like for the ones who, who do? And we just had a conversation about that because that's something I'm interested in. That's very interesting. What can I tell you? All right, that's the one I'm going to listen. Is it already up yet, or are you just take no, it? It'll be up in a couple of days. Okay. It's kind of ours. Hopefully, uh, ours will be out later tonight. If not, it'll be tomorrow. We'll tag you on Twitter. Make sure you get it out there and share it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I will great. share it. Awesome. Yeah, Mike, listen, it's been great. Thanks again for coming on with us. That's Mike Reiner. The old gray wolf, former from the ticket. Now he's with uh, the... the, uh, the, Now he's with retirement. The retirement and the dark (laughs) companion. Mike, thanks a lot, buddy. Roxo Media House is a streaming and production company located in Fort Worth, Texas.
From video to podcast production and social media broadcasting, Roxo Media House strives to deliver a dynamic media experience for clients and fans. With 15 shows, we have something for the whole family. Join the Roxo Media community today. All right, that was Mike Reiner, the old gray wolf. Thanks, Mike, for joining us there. It's time. We need to go down in the bus leagues and talk about the minor league system who are going into their last month. This is about to all end. Uh, Of course, we're going to start down at Down East, which is low A. They're 59 and 57 overall, 26 and 24. Their last here in the second half, they're 6 and 4 in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. These are the babies. Max Acosta. Yeah, he's 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 uh, had a, a a nice surge here. Um, he he uh, made an adjustment. He went to a toe tap, which is what he used to do. Did way, Josh Hamilton do that? Yeah, maybe. Okay, but the way it was explained to me was that uh, by by doing that, he's now stepping straight at the pitcher instead of maybe a little bit in the bucket. Uh, a problem that ten year old Henry Wilson has, <laughs> and uh, he's you know the powers increase. It's just all increase. So yeah, uh, you know remember Acosta in 2019. You know in the class with with Byron Laura, who signed for the bigger money, but Acosta has always been regarded as the better player. And and he's you know he had some injury issues. He was hurt last year, had to have thoracic outlet syndrome uh, surgery. But he's 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 showing something right now. Good. And, yeah. hey, he, he always thought of one of the top shortstop prospects yeah. in the system. He's had some people pass him up. He needed this to break out. He's mm. also young. Hickory, that's high, A. Eh? Hickory, they're 59 and 50, or I'm sorry, 62 and 54 overall. 24 and 26 in the second half. 7 and 3 in their last 10. They've lost a game. Um, I noticed that Hickory's, one of their star players was in Frisco last night. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, happened to Aaron Carter? Evan Carter. Evan Carter. Aaron what Carter. Aaron Carter? What is, is Aaron that? Carter? He's an actor. Or some a, such. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Okay, well, you anyway, know where my head yeah, is. Anyway, uh, Evan was uh, <laughs> in Frisco, and I was there waiting to talk to some some players. And lo and behold, there's Evan Carter, and you think, hey, it looks like somebody's getting promoted. But uh, alas, he was in town. To, uh, he he had hurt his leg, uh, something on his leg, the other day in a in a rundown at Hickory, and uh, so they just brought him in to see a doctor and. Everything checked out fine, so he's he's already back in Hickory. Um, you know, his his he turns uh, twenty on Sunday. That's twenty eighth. It's his twentieth birthday. As a nineteen year old, he's just having a like stellar season. Oh my gosh! And uh, he can do he can do it all. You know, he's he actually has double digit triples. Uh, that that kind of tells you that a he hits the ball a long way. He can out outrun a lot of stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting to see him next year. I'm sure double a at the start and then see how it goes but um, a player of the year candidate in the ranger system and you know right now a lot of people think he's their their top prospect i i gotta tell you right now and he's gonna fill out this is a 19 year old kid yeah. and i know i started filling out at 22 23 years old and you see how skinny he is we've seen him i mean yeah. he's a thin guy that yeah. doesn't mean he's gonna stay thin that just means he hasn't matured yet and when that fills sure. out he's already got some power yeah. This is a talented guy, man. Yeah. Th- yeah. This is going to happen. All right, let's go to Frisco. They're the double-A team. Uh, Frisco, 61-54 and 54 overall, 25-21 and 21 in the second half. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10. They've lost a game. You were out there last night. Uh, Lighter, one of his better outings that he's had. Yeah, I, I was. I would. I did not stay for the game. I had another commitment I had to go to. Uh, so I, I'm just looking at the at the line score, and uh, it looked good. Um, you know, and then... He has been better, you know. He, he's, I think he's made a, a mechanical adjustment, but I also think that he's maybe done some things like he's learned his, he's learned from his his hiccups and and he's uh, had, um, you know, maybe a better pitch selection, 
Uh, His curveball seems to be uh, back. Attacking a little bit more, um, more competitive in the strike zone, that that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, this this is really, you know, when you think about it, when's the last time he had to he had to pitch or he sure. had to navigate a lineup? You know, the SEC lineups are good, but uh, they're not Double A lineups. You know, a, a guy who this this is an example that that's come up. I'm not going to mention any names, but a pitcher who Leiter has faced this year batted third for his college team and now bats eighth. So that's that kind of tells you, you know, Leiter was like, you know, that's I had to get that guy out, right, in college, and now I've got to get him. Now he bats eighth, and I've got to get him all out. You so, got to get everybody ahead of him too. I mean, so. yeah, exactly. So there's, it's just learning how to navigate a little bit, and I think I think the strikeout yeah. numbers are still impressive for his innings. Sure. And I think when you look back at everything, you know, this year is going to be a good foundational piece. Absolutely, he got through it healthy. I know he was on the IL, but that was just for shoulder fatigue. He's going to finish strong, and um, that's rolling into next year. Bad. Yeah, I mean, I, and you know, I don't want to make excuses for the guy because you know runs are his, but like apparently, all of his inherited runners score. You know, and yeah. and, and so it just it, it's not as bad as it looks if you if you talk to people who really follow it closely. Sure, but you know, it, it's still. He doesn't have a two ERA like I'm sure a lot of people thought he would. Yeah, so. everyone thought he was going to come out here with the you know and, and never give up a run and strike out yeah. everyone and no one would ever get a hit. I mean that that's when you're the second overall pick they do that. Yeah. Uh, this guy, look, and he's got a foundation of a dad that knows how to. He's had he's dad, had guys uncle, that, cousin. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. got he's had people that have been talking. Best friend or real good friend who's now in the system. That's now in the rocker, system. Yeah, so. so how about Zavala? I, you know, people are sleeping on Zavala. This guy. I mean, he is, he's already been disciplined at the plate. We've seen that from when he started the first yeah. year to really be out in pro ball and be out in there. I mean, he has had great at-bats for Frisco. He just looked – this guy, he may be in the big leagues next year. This uh, is you guy. know, it, it's it's not out of the question. He uh, He's a college guy, so let me get yeah, that straight. He's not 19. Sure. He's a college guy, so he's a – Well, he's he's very confident in himself. You know, we, we talked about this in, in April and May. He was hitting under two – below 200. But his on-base percentage was above 300. Right. And so you just kind of figured that at some point everything is going to catch up with itself. And that's what he figured. He said he didn't change anything. He didn't start chasing hits. He, he might have been a little unlucky. But he knew in a long season that everything was going to even out. And it has. And he his OPS is 899. Uh, <laughs> this is Thursday. Um, you know, a 900 OPS season is remarkable. Yeah, really good. And. Yes. And he's not doing it at, at an A. He's a double A. I mean, right. so he's in the upper level. This is where yeah, I mean, his his OPS has gone up since he's yeah, in a double A. Absolutely. And and a lot of that is um, pitchers are believe it or not, pitchers being better, and umpires conversely being better is helping him because right. If he takes a ball, it's probably a ball. Right. And whereas in Hickory, it, it may not be. And and. These, these pitchers attack more, and they throw more strikes. And they do it with multiple pitches. That's fine. But he knows where the strike zone is and where the balls are. And so I think that actually help is going to help him as he goes up in level. Right. The better the pitchers and the better the umpires, the more strikes, the better chance he's going to have. And, and when he hits the ball and it's a strike, he hits it hard. Yeah. And so yeah. that's so he's selective at the plate. He's not up there just hacking. He's selective. But when he hits it, he hits it solid. Uh, when he really gets, I mean, he, yeah. he is able to hit a solid. Uh, Justin Foscue. Yeah, another guy I talked to yesterday. He's uh, he's in the background there. Um, he he's a, he's a top 100 prospect in baseball now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it's a quiet year, you know. Um, but you know, the the power hasn't hasn't necessarily been there. Uh, he's up to the, I think 10 home runs. But 
His OPS is 832. He's walking more, striking out less. Uh, and if a bad year is an 832 OPS, because he's not happy. If, if, a, if, a, if what he considers 832 to be a bad year, when he gets, when it's, when it's going, it's going to be really good. And, you know, he's a confident guy. Uh, he, you know, he, I think would be capable of, of 25 to 30 homers when sure. all is well. And he, yeah, he's a know, 20 home run guy. And all, he, all he's done is he made a little adjustment in his switch in his swing, but he said he's been on pitches all year. He was just missing them. So, um, you know, boatload of doubles. I, he's, he's a, if, if he hits, you'll find a place for him. Absolutely. Well, from there, let's go. Anybody else? We get up to triple No, no, uh, the triple, well, triple A, go ahead. Yeah, we get up to Round Rock. Round Rock 63 and 56 overall. But by the way, guys, you look at all these overall numbers, every minor league team, including the Arizona Complex. And the Dominican, league, Dominican, uh, they are all winning. Yeah. Every one of them. The only right. team not winning is the major league level. <laughs> yeah. And they've won six out of six out of 10 starting yeah. when yeah. Beasley. And I'm not playing that on Woody guys. I'm yeah. still not going to do that. Uh, they're four and six in their last 10. They, uh, won one, but triple a, there's a guy on the triple a team right there who may not be on the triple a team soon. And yeah. maybe tomorrow. Well, you who know, knows? It, I mean, it, it, it would make sense. I'm ready for him to be there. Yeah, I think everybody is. I think the Rangers might be too. But, um, you know, they, they, they have they're they're the ones in charge. Yep. This is this is a this is a long term piece. I know I know that he's had injuries and, and they, you know has should have been in the majors last year. Should have been, or you know, the opening day third baseman this year. If we're if we're being honest. But, yep. You know, they want to make sure he is checked off physically whatever whatever they're saying you know and if you bought into the service time manipulation great that that's yeah. that's over and done with um he'll be a rookie going yeah. into next year no matter what there are doing. there are two opportunities to do it on this homestand this is thursday the rangers are off today they open with three tomorrow against detroit off day two against houston i would think it would happen one of those two days right or one of those two series uh and and you know, by the time we shoot this next podcast, you may be in the major leagues. We have something different to talk about, but you don't you don't want to wait until the next homestand because the next homestand starts September seventh, let's say, yeah, or September 9th. I think it's the ninth against Toronto. You know, but you do want them to open at home, sure. And if you're if you're if you're counting tickets, you definitely want them to open at home because I think Josh Young's debut would sell some tickets. I think it, I think it would too. I think it, and if they do it, it's probably going to come down pretty quick. They're going to announce that he's coming. Because I think there is a chance for people to buy tickets and come out and yeah. see him play. Or it, it, it does for the Saturday night game. Only other guy really kind of interesting down there has been Dallas Keuchel, who, yeah. look, who's doing exactly what they needed him to do. He has depth down there, but he's yeah. he's been he's been impressive. He's been okay. Yeah, I, I the Rangers uh, have named Friday starter Glenn Otto, but nothing for the weekend. And I would be I, – I, I expect Dallas Keuchel to make – a start either Saturday or Sunday. They got nothing to lose with that guy coming up here sure. and taking a start. If he gets rocked like he has everywhere else, they're out nothing but minor league minimum. They can DFA him, put him back out. Um, so is he a free agent at the end of this year, no matter he what? Is. yeah. So, you know, why not? See, because it, it, if he yeah. can turn it on and go through September and, and, and have an ERA somewhere around three or something like that, yeah. Maybe it's somebody you can, but it'd have to be a good deal. I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money on Dallas Keuchel. No, you'd have to throw like two no hitters. I think 
<laughs> and still, you can't trust that. I mean, this guy's getting yeah. up there in age. But it, it's an interesting name to watch. It is. And, and, again, I think he pitches this weekend. Absolutely. That could be it. Well, guys, that's it. Anything else before we get out of no, here? No, I mean, we haven't we haven't mentioned throughout all of this. Uh, subscribe to Rangers today. Five nine 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 a month. $60 for a year. $35 for six months. If you just want the offseason for $35, yeah. bucks, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Yeah. So, <laughs> go ahead and do that. And then also... You know, we need you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. We're, we're doing good. Uh, hit the button down there. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit it. It takes like one second. Bang. Tell your friends, tell your Ranger fans, friends, anybody yeah. to subscribe to the YouTube channel to also uh, sub, uh, Rangers Today. This is so cheap. Five ninety nine a month and $60 for the year. Yeah. I mean, that's a one-time $60 payment and you're done for the year. That's good. Yeah. And it, it's cheaper than any other outlet. Absolutely. Any other outlet. And it's nothing but Ranger stuff. And, yeah. guys, we've got some good people coming up on this show in the next few weeks anyway. Uh, and that's what the show is. We've had minor leaguers, major leaguers, front office. Today we had uh, a personality who is a huge baseball fan, yeah. Reiner. That was enjoyable. So, uh, guys, that's it for this one. Till next time, we'll see you at the yard. Roxo Media House.